right, welcome in. This is episode seven of the Ultimate Fan Podcast. I'm your host, Cade Costley, and that was In My Life by The Beatles, written by John Lennon. Um, John wrote this song while riding on a bus route in Liverpool back through his hometown. And this song was originally written about the places that he went to as a child. And the original lyrics included street names and specific memories about his life. And over the years before he released it, he made the song more generalized and changed some of the lyrics around to fit all of our lives in retrospect. And in an interview in 1980, when John was asked about this song, he said for the first time, this was a song that he actually considered a real piece of work because it was about his own personal life, his own personal journey. Um, and he put himself, his own memories in uh, a song for the first time. And as I listened to it, this song could not be more fitting for this portion of this podcast, right? I've taken you back through my memories of my childhood. I've talked to you about my life and the things that have brought me joy. And overall, I felt like it was very fitting to include in this episode today. This song was recorded in October 18th, 1965. And 50 years and two days later, me and Amber were married. And if you're just tuning in, this is one of the few episodes that needs to be listened to sequentially. This is part two of my journey with Amber. So you may need to stop right now and go back and listen to the last podcast before you start here. For those of you who have tuned back in and listened to part one, you've heard some of my screw ups. You've heard some funny stories. You've heard some stories that brought me and Amber together. And really to this point in our journey, our storyline has followed a lot of what a romantic comedy follows, right? Boy chases girl, boy falls on his face, boy gets back up, gets the girl, and they sell off into the sunset. And certainly that's what our journey has felt like with Amber, right? Um, there's been a lot of sunset moments, a lot of beautiful times, a lot of great memories. But along the way, I've certainly fell on my face many times over. And... I'm going to touch on a few more of those memories, a few more of those moments that you can learn from um, today. And the funny thing is, is I don't have to look far into our marriage to see the first and maybe the most um, impactful mistake that I made as a newlywed. And when John Lennon talks about how there are places in his life, some forever, not for better, this is certainly one of those memories that I feel would fall into the not for better category. And I like to dub this the honeymoon of horror. So me and my friends were preparing for my wedding and some of my buddies were planning a bachelor party for me. Well, the greatest thing that we could come up with was to spend a night out in Wendover. And for those of you who aren't familiar with Utah, Wendover is 
a casino that's about four hours or three and a half hours out of Salt Lake City. It's the closest casino to Salt Lake. And you drive literally through a desert wasteland of the Great Salt Lake to get there. And so we had made preparations to go out there. One of my buddies had booked a hotel and was paying for a hotel for us to go out. And me and three or four of my friends set out to have the night of our lives. And when we got to Windover, we had realized that it was seafood night at the Montego Bay. And so a ticket into the buffet would get you all you could eat seafood. And in our mind, there was nothing better than to eat plate after plate after plate of Windover seafood. And this should show you how naive I was because I literally thought because this was a casino that this must be the best and most freshest seafood known to man that you could find. I thought this was flown in this morning from the Atlantic and cooked up right before our eyes so that we could have it um, and enjoy every second of it. And as we started eating, it became a competition between me and my friends as to who could eat the most crab legs. And I have a picture on my phone that shows this heaping mound of crab legs in the middle of the table for me and all of my friends casting off the shells after we had devoured pounds and pounds of crab meat. And then we had set off on our journey to make a million bucks at the crafts table or the blackjack table. And within a couple hours, we were all broke and retired to our hotel rooms for the night. And the next day comes and I drive, we all drive home and I'm feeling fine. And this is about 48 hours before I'm supposed to get married. I got married on a Tuesday. And I get home and as the day goes on that evening, I start feeling horrible. And... I think I had got food poisoning or I overloaded on some sort of shellfish. I don't know. But I started feeling horrible. So it literally got to the point where I couldn't leave the bathroom. I was in the bathroom nonstop. I had diarrhea like galore, like the worst I'd ever had in my life. And was up all through the night, was sicker than a dog, and... It continued into the next day. Well, the next day was Monday morning, and I was due to get married in less than 24 hours. And so in a moment of panic, I literally went to the medicine cabinet and popped like three Pepto-Bismol tablets and chewed them up and ate them, and then drank like a half a bottle of the liquid because I figured if the tablets didn't work, maybe the liquid would, and something would kick in to take this pain away. And as the night comes, I started feeling a little bit better. The day of, the, of my wedding comes, I get dressed, I'm feeling fine, I'm in my suit, I'm able to go off, and I start to forget about the pains that I was in. Doing, I'm doing nothing throughout the day to you know, keep this Pepto-Bismol in my system, I'm just enjoying my wedding day as if it's the best day of my life. And it was. The temple ceremony was great. We went and had our luncheon. It was amazing. 
we had the reception and, you know, the night's kind of winding down. And so we get in the car to head to Salt Lake. We were going to spend the night in Salt Lake. And then we had a cross-country flight to Florida the next day. And as we get in the car and start heading to Salt Lake, I start feeling this pain come back. And here we are, two newlyweds, excited to set off into our journey, to sell off into the sunset, if you will. And here's our first bump in the road. And I'm trying to play it off cool. I'm not letting it, you know, not telling Amber what's going on. I'm just kind of compartmentalizing this in my mind. And in my head, I'm thinking, okay, when we get to the room, like I'll make some excuse and I'll go down in the hotel lobby and I'll find a bathroom and I'll, you know, take care of this. Right. At this point, like we had never really like farted around each other. We weren't like comfortable in that aspect of our relationship. And I certainly didn't want the first time for me to go use the bathroom to be an episode like I saw coming ahead of me. So we get to our hotel and we get up to the room and I like examine the room and we had, we got a nice room. Like we had, you know, wanted to make this nice special. So we got a nice room and as some nice hotels are, they have kind of interesting floor plans, right? And in this floor plan, there was like a walk around bathroom. So there was no door on the bathroom. It was just kind of like a walk around hall, which still to this day boggles my mind as to whoever would design a hotel with that design. It's crazy. And so I'm in panic mode. I'm feeling the pressure. And so I just panic and go into the bathroom, turn the faucet on, turn the fan on, trying to make this mask the sound as much as I can and literally just destroy (laughs) on the first night of our marriage. And as if it's like an entry back into what had been going on the last couple days, this just continues for the next three or four days. And on the flight next, you know, across country to Florida and at our hotel in Florida, and seemingly everything that I would eat for the next two or three days, this pain would come back. And there was even a time where we're like, do we need to go, like, do I need to go to the hospital to make sure that there's like nothing like wrong with me? Because this is getting out of control. And, you know, Amber's looking at me like, okay, did I just marry like the biggest loser on the planet? Like, are you kidding me? Like, can we not just enjoy this fun trip? Can enjoy, relax after this stressful, you know, process of planning a wedding? Can we not just have a great night? And certainly I created the honeymoon of horror. And later in my life would earn the nickname Krusty Krab because of this experience. And, you know, still haunts me to this day every time I see a crab lake. But luckily, Amber is understanding. She had maybe been there before. She was okay with me having uh, some time to recoup from this. And we came back from our honeymoon and started our lives together. And things were awesome. The newlywed stage of any marriage is amazing. 
You've got, you know, probably little to no money. You're trying to do what you can with what you have, but you're so excited about being married that literally nothing else matters. And that was certainly true for us. Um, what I loved about that first year of marriage at the time, the Utah Jazz had a deal with McDonald's where every time they won a home game, you got a free 10 count McNugget. And me and Amber would get home from work and would look at each other as to who was going to cook dinner tonight. And it was always Amber. I never cooked anything. Don't get that mistaken. But if we could pull up the McDonald's app and see that the Jazz won the night before, it was a night off. And it was amazing. We'd immediately jumped in the car. We'd drive off to the closest McDonald's. We'd load up on two 10-count McNuggets. We'd pick the sauce of our choice. And we'd come back with a smile on our faces. And that year, the Jazz won 24 home games in a regular season span of 19 weeks. And so we literally ate McDonald's at least once a week, if not twice a week on a good week. And you can bet your bottom dollar that we consumed all 240 of those McNuggets. And life was bliss. Amber, if you know her, she's an amazing person. She's beautiful. She's, you know, she's genuine. She's nice. And one of the stories that I feel highlights that our newlywed stage is she was due to meet a gal in a parking lot and sell her iPhone. We had just recently switched carriers and her phone couldn't transfer to Verizon. And we had got off our parents' plan. We're kind of setting sail from our phone bills connected to our family. And because her phone couldn't transfer, she had to sell it. So she listed it online, and she was going to meet this gal uh, that she had arranged on KSL to meet and sell her phone. Well, normally I would go with her in this situation, but I had to work at this time, so I couldn't. Or I had class or something. I can't remember exactly. But it was expensive. She was selling her phone for like five hundred plus dollars, and um, you know she was meeting some girl in in a parking lot, which you never know what you're going to get. Well, Amber had worked as a bank teller after high school, so she can count money extremely fast, and it's one of her strengths. It's a great reason why I married her because she's a great at accounting. She's great at doing all things bills. Like that was. Uh, you know, cherry on top, finding that out when we first got married. So she meets this girl in the parking lot, and the girl starts doing the classic KSL move, which is, oh, I'm sorry, I don't have all the cash. I only have $500. I don't have the 550 that you're asking for. And Amber, as nice as she is, she's like, oh, that's fine. Like, I'll just take the 500 well, the girl hands her the cash, and the girl had handed Amber $550. She actually did have all the money. The girl was just playing like she didn't. And so she handed Amber the whole thing, all $550 that Amber had originally been asking for. And Amber counts it out in front of her and hands her the $50 back and said, Hey, sorry, you overpaid me. Here's your $50 back. And the girl looks at her like, are you crazy? And 
jumps in the car with the phone and the extra 50 and takes off. Well, when Amber gets home and I get home from work, she tells me the story. And I'm like, are you kidding me? Are you kidding me? Like, why would you ever be that nice? But she is that kind of person. She's always going to do the right thing, even if someone's trying to con her out of her own money. That's rightfully hers. Um, and the last thing I'll say is, you know, at any time in uh, newlyweds journey, right, as a young couple, things are great. Like, and certainly it was for us. We traveled all over. It seemed like we were always going on work trips together. We had all these fun experiences. We made new friends. We had bought a home. We had made a lot of strides to prepare for um, starting a family. And it was at a point where we had realized there really wasn't anything holding us back anymore. And it was maybe time that we turn the chapter in our lives and have a child. And for Amber, this was truly going to be her Super Bowl moment, right? This was something that she had looked forward to since she was a little kid. You know, every girl starts to make preparations for the day that they may be a mother one day. And for her, this was definitely going to be on the grand stage, a chance at the ultimate title of mother. And so the time came and she got pregnant and we had, you know, I, I like to compare this moment to what I know and love, which is football, right? We had a season to prepare for the Super Bowl. We had ni- a nine month season to go in and, and get the trophy, get the ultimate trophy of a newborn child. And each week, or every month, we started watching game film, right? We'd go, we'd go to the doctor, they'd put on the jumbotron, the ultrasound, we'd make some game plans, we'd make preparations for this great day. And my role in all of this was really just a cheerleader. I was on the sidelines, cheering her on, you know, giving her water, giving her a nice towel, when she came off the, 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 the field and needed a moment for break. And I would, you know, give her a slap on the butt as she ran back out on this journey of creating a baby. Well, the day came for the Super Bowl. And we had gone in with a plan. We thought we had everything figured out. We thought we were going to be in masterminds of our own and be Super Bowl champions when this is all over. And certainly there was a lot of curveballs thrown our way. You know, the game plan that we went in with didn't necessarily work out. And there were times in this process that we wondered if we were ever going to be able to see or hold or raise up or kiss that Super Bowl trophy. And I certainly, more than Amber, probably was fearful of the worst. And there was a time in this process where Amber just decided to put this whole experience on her back. And she was going to be like Tom Brady against the Falcons and drive down and come back from a 27-3 to deficit in the second half 
to take something that maybe looked grim and bleak at one point and turn it into the ultimate victory. And that's exactly what she did with the coach and the cheerleader on the sidelines. Amber made this all happen and certainly became the ultimate champion and earns the title of MVP um, for that whole experience. And our beautiful boy Beckett was born. And the beauty of it is that that wasn't all. We were able to go back to the Super Bowl again. Similar things happened. Amber put the team on her back again. And we are here we are, Super Bowl champions for the second time over with two beautiful trophies. And her journey as a mother has certainly been um, spectacular to watch. She's a phenomenal wife. She's always been a phenomenal person. Uh, but certainly her greatest title is a phenomenal mother. And it seems like she has an intuition as to what our children need before they can even say it. Because she knows them better than I ever will. And it's such a blessing to be in this journey with someone who is so dedicated to their cause as she is to our children. And so remember that. Remember that when you're at a buffet, take it easy on the all-you-can-eat food. Keep your dignity before the big day because you'll come to regret it if you don't. When the Utah Jazz deliver something beautiful to you in the form of McDonald's nuggets, you take it. Because quite honestly, in the last decade or two, that's about all they've given us as fans. And when someone tries to pull a fast one on you, take the higher road. Be the better person. Give them back their 50 bucks and send them on their way as the bigger person. And lastly, when your Super Bowl moments come, which they'll happen for all of us in different forms, put the team on your back and be the MVP of that Super Bowl experience. So you can, you can certainly raise the title with confidence knowing that you gave it your all. I'm blessed to be married to someone who has taught me all of those things and many more. And so my life is certainly uh, an amazing journey and will continue to be an amazing journey. So thank you so much for listening in. I hope you've enjoyed listening to my failures. A lot of these experiences are embarrassing but they're funny at the same time. So have a great day, and thanks for listening this week. I know I'll often stop and think about them.